that means our whole existence is riding on Stacy Jacks. Stacy Jacks, the most unreliable man in the music industry, a man who blew off the halftime show at the Super Bowl to attend a satanic ritual to sew up Debbie Harry's vagina. Please stop. The Satanists wouldn't even do that. There's no logic. You're not helping. Why would the devil be involved in closing vaginas? No one's qualified to do that. We built this city on rock and roll. This man, this man is responsible for so much filth. He's like a machine that spews out three things. Sex, hateful music, and sex. <laughs> this is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm joined by Wolfgang Von Jim. Stand up and shout! That's, that's Marky Mark. Close enough. And also, as promised, we are joined by my wife, Dana. Hello. Who was apprehensive yeah. about being on despite this movie being her idea. So Dana, are you apprehensive because you're nervous about being on a podcast or you're embarrassed to like this movie? Oh, I'm not embarrassed to like this movie. I think it's great. So. You love this movie with a bullet, like seriously love this movie. Okay. Now by this movie, I'm referring to the extremely campy jukebox musical plucked from off Broadway and turned into this movie rock of ages was released in 2012 directed by adam shankman shankman is known for directing the wedding planner which dane you like that one right yep mm-hmm. that's a good one i'll walk to remember great very sad movie that one is and the pacifier which isn't that vin diesel oh i like that oh, one too shit. yeah i remember it that is, one yeah oh. among other things he's directing the upcoming hocus pocus 2 by focus by focus rock of ages features the songs of artists including but not limited to Def Leppard, Journey, Scorpions, Poison, Foreigner, Guns N' Roses, Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, Bon Jovi, Twisted Sister, White Snake, and REO Speedway. It apparently never recorded those songs to begin with. We were lied to this entire time. Now, Tom Cruise was praised for his singing performance, but I will agree to disagree. Do, <laughs> what do you guys think? I there, think he's great. Like, There's moments. He's so good. His performance, his, his acting and selling it and getting ready for the role, I think is great. I just don't think... The singing's that great, but then Dana kind of swayed me a little bit because when he performs at the end, I think it's it's pretty great. Yeah, it's better. Now, nearly 100% of the reviews talk about how good Cruz was, going as far as to say he gave too good of a performance for this movie. Now, Cruz practiced singing for over five hours a day to prepare for the role. Despite not receiving my endorsement, someone other than critics enjoyed it because the soundtrack performed well on the Billboard charts. He came more off as like, 70s and he came on which i guess technically he was late 70s and then also very much like jim morrison yeah because he says all the stuff about the fire phoenix yeah and he's really overselling the i'm an alcoholic yeah maybe drug addict there's no drugs in this film right at but all it's, it just doesn't come off to me as sunset strip in the 80s which i think motley crew yes Tom Cruise had already signed on, but it was when Alec Baldwin signed on to star <laughs> that prompted Warner Brothers to fast track the film's production. That speaks to Baldwin's star power at the time with 30 Rock. And funny enough, Baldwin tried to back out right before production began. He then said after the 2012 release that it was, quote, a horrible movie and a complete disaster. We're going to blow you away. Well, you're going to blow me all right. Now, the creator of the stage musical was disappointed as well because he thought that they took the campy aspects too far. 
So, Jim, with all of that said, tell us about the budget, the box office for Rock of Ages and how we were living eight plus years ago in 2012. All right, pool seniors, welcome to the season four premiere. We kick it off with Rock of Ages and we start on June the 15th of 2012. The budget of this movie, which a lot of it had to be tied up with Tom Cruise and music rights, were $75 million worth of budget but it only made $59 million at the box office. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of the movie takes place in like one place. Yeah. A so fictional it place. it probably was Tom Cruise and the music rights exactly as you said. I can't imagine most of the other actors in there wanting a lot of money, even though Giamatti is amazing. Yeah. Well, Alec Baldwin probably wanted a pretty good payday. With that 30 Rock chunk. Yeah. So I think you're right. Okay, speaking of box office bombs, and we're going to start this off incredibly. When I was researching this month in 2012, there are a lot of, it. I coined it the month of bombings and crashes. Starting off with a suicide car bombing kills 15. Plane crash in Nigeria kills 152. Car bomb kills 26 in Iraq. Wedding bus crashes kills 23 in Pakistan. A wedding bus. Oh, a wedding wow. bus. Another bus falls into a ravine in Bolivia, killing 16. Another bus bombing in Pakistan kills 18. Burma riots kill 20. Helicopter crash in Kenya kills five people. Five people are killed after an ambulance hits a roadside bomb in Afghanistan. 23 people are killed after two villages are attacked in northern Nigeria. Two earthquakes in Afghanistan trigger a landslide that kills more than 80. A series of bombings across Iraq kill 93. An explosion at an Indian steel plant kills 11. 32 more are killed at a car bomb in Baghdad. 30 more are killed and 15 injured after another bus falls into a gorge in India. A collapse of a stage at Toronto Radiohead concert kills one. 15 people are killed in a suicide attack in Iraq. A man is beheaded for witchcraft and sorcery in Saudi Arabia. Western Libya tries Travel clashes kill 105. Two Baghdad market bombings. This is never ending. Kill 14. It's ridiculous. A coach crashes kills eight Czech tourists. Car bombs in Iraq kill 14 more. 16 Maoist insurgents in India are killed by police. 30 people attending a funeral killed in Syria that saw 83 total deaths. And finally, mid-Atlantic storms in the United States kill 13 and leave millions without power here in Ohio, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. Are you blaming this movie on all of that? I would say so. They <laughs> heard Stacy Jackson just all this shit went down. It's amazing how many people died. It opened a portal. They how- must have just been so excited about his performance. They lost their shit they over how great he was. <laughs> they were fangirling. They started well, it would explain why there were so many bus crashes because they watched it in the the in action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah in action movie. The in what's in the word? Busing they, movie? You, in busing movie. In busing movie. Yeah, and then he just drove off a fucking cliff. However, there are more lighter news. Uh, I hope. Yeah, that was pretty depressing. So hopefully. So, 16th century archaeology remains of the Curtain Theater, where some of Shakespeare's plays first performed under a pub in London or where Kevin and I first found them at the Cheers bar in Sandusky. Yeah. We could tell you about stories about Cheers in Sandusky where we spent six hours there and drank, drank, drank. U.S. territory Puerto Rico votes to become a United States state. That's odd. You'd never know it. We don't treat them fairly. We don't treat them fairly. Give them paper towels. Give them paper towels. And today it was introduced that D.C. might be put into statehood. Good. Right now, I want to get into the star of our show, the man we need to talk about most because he has a very momentous occasion that happened right here in June of 2012. 
he is. Class 4, OT7, Platinum Meritorious, and IAS Freedom Medal of Valor winner, Tom Cruise. So, in this month, actress Katie Holmes divorces American film actor. <laughs> I love my wife! <laughs> OT7's Tom Cruise, allegedly due to a disagreement about their religious beliefs. Oh, really? And the raising of their daughter, Siri, after five years of marriage. So, that happened. Okay. However, what we have coming up next is your favorite segment. Let's throw it over to George. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. Tiger Woods claims his 73rd victory with a two-stroke win under Andres Romero and Rory Sabatini in the Memorial Tournament, equaling Jack Nicklaus's record. Stanley Cup final happened. Kevin was a big Los Angeles Kings fan, defeated the New Jersey Devils 6-1 to to win their first title in 45 years, and the Miami Heat won their second NBA title, beating the Oklahoma City Thunder 121-106 in Game 5. Of course, the MVP was the greatest of all time, LeBron James, our hero in 2016. The number one song in America was Somebody I Used to Know Ooh. by Goatye. 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 Now you're just somebody that I used to know. That was 2012. 2012. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was almost nine. That's a great song. Years ago. And the number one movie in America was Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. Ugh. And that's all that was happening in June of 2012. So Dana knows about Tiger Woods and the and the Majors Chase because we Tiger just Woods, watched y'all. the HBO two-part Tiger documentary. How was that? I loved it. It was oh, awesome. I gotta watch it. It was like, loved the first part was just about his dad and how his dad treated him and stuff. Yeah. And then the second part was about, like, the first part was, like, the rise of Tiger Woods. And then the second part's like, here's all the women he slept with. And here's the Perkins waitresses and his mistress. The crazy thing, and I texted you about this. Yeah, about his back was crazy. And I don't mean to spoil this, but apparently after Tiger's dad died, he was considering, he literally wanted to retire from golf and he wanted to join the Navy SEALs. So he had started training with the Navy SEALs. They weren't cutting the guy any breaks. They were like putting him through hell. And basically the only rules were they couldn't touch his hands. The training he was doing with the Navy SEALs destroyed his knees, destroyed his back. And basically I never knew any of that. No, I didn't either. It's nuts. And they had footage of it and mm-hmm. it's crazy. And then they just, they talked about everything else, you know, the mistresses and it, it ends in a uh, trouble with the law. Yeah. His trouble with the law, where he got arrested, and he thought he was in California when he was oh, in yeah, Florida. Yeah, and uh, he was so sad. They pulled him. no punches on Tiger so Woods. So sad. No, he was. I guess he wasn't happy about the release. I can imagine because, uh, yeah, they the Rachel you could tell who was in it. This was like her first. You know, she was always like they. Their the media's treatment of her was awful. Oh, they like they ruined this girl's her. life. I, I don't know. It's anyway not what we're talking about. <laughs> So let me rock your face with the plot. Rock of Ages takes place in 1987 Los Angeles, specifically the Sunset Strip in the hair metal scene. Sherry Christian arrives from Oklahoma with dreams of being a singer. Drew Boley works as a barback at the Bourbon Room, a preeminent club and concert venue that's facing massive tax debt. 
Drew gets Sherry a job as a waitress after her suitcase is stolen. Conveniently, basically, as soon as she gets to L.A. Yeah, because you know L.A. is such a bad place, man. The club's owner, Dennis, along with his right-hand man, Lonnie, are desperate to save the bourbon room. They book rock star Stacy Jacks to play the club as he prepares for his final performance with his band, Arsenal. The mayor's conservative wife, Patricia Whitmore, organizes a protest at the Stacy Jacks concert. Drew and Sherry have their first date. Drew tells Sherry his dreams of being a rock star, but he has stage fright, which is like one line in this movie. It's a throwaway. When he doesn't really have stage fright. It's just like a cliche thing they need to say. I can see you're nervous. Um, Pretend like nobody's watching you, you know? Connect with something powerful and emotive deep down. In my case, that's Lil Lonnie. On the night of Arsenal's final show, the opening band cancels, and Sherry convinces Dennis to let Drew's band, Wolfgang Von Colt, play. Worst fucking name ever. Except for what the band be- his band becomes near the end. That's pretty bad as well. Yeah, which it sounds appropriate for the time. Yeah. Drew mistakenly thinks Sherry slept with Stacy. They break up. He quits the bourbon room. However, Stacy's manager is impressed by Drew and offers him a record deal. Sherry also quits the bourbon room and gets a job as a waitress at a strip club. Before long, she's not making enough and becomes a stripper. Meanwhile, Dennis fears that the bourbon room will close and Lonnie confesses his love for him, to which Dennis reciprocates awkwardly. Also, meanwhile, Drew's record deal isn't working out as Wolfgang Von Colt, so the label puts him in a hip-hop band called Z-Guys. You are the Z-Guys. Double the E, double the Z, double the flavor. Double the Z. I don't really think that's a hip hop band. That's a boy it's band. It's a boy it's band. It's a boy band. But it's trying kind to be Kind of like uh, new kids on the block. Yeah, more new kids on the block. More Not, street though. Yeah. Yeah. Double the flavor. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Sherry visits the Hollywood sign where her and Drew had their first date. To her surprise, she finds Drew there because small town LA. Yeah. She tells him she didn't have sex with Stacy and she's leaving LA to go back to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> I always hear Preston Lacey and his safe word. Stacy is in love with a Rolling Stone reporter named Constance, and he's happy to learn she's covering his show at the Bourbon Room. What's which, her last name again? This is Constance Sack, Rolling Stone. Sack. Yeah, Constance Sack. Constance Sack, which he's happy to learn that she's covering his show. He's also, I guess, happy to learn that he has a show because no one told him. Lonnie reveals the mayor's wife protesting the concert as a former Arsenal groupie and super fan who Stacy recognizes. Jim, how about you play the sound clip of what Stacy says to her when he realizes who she is? Hell yeah. Patty. Your tits are held up well. Drew's group, the Z Guys, open the show, but the crowd hates them. I wonder why. Drew spots Sherry in the crowd. He walks off stage. He quits the group. Sherry and Drew then perform on stage after Z Guys are booed off. Stacy hears the song while he's having sex with Constance in the bathroom. Eight months later, Stacy has rejoined Arsenal, which if the hiatus is only eight months, is it really rejoining or it's just a hiatus? Wolfgang Von Colt, now just Von Colt, including Sherry, open for Arsenal at Dodger Stadium with Stacy singing along with them with a pregnant Constance watching as well. Jim or Dana, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's do it. All right, we have Julianne Huff. Now, Dana, she was Dancing with the Stars? Yes. That's where she came from? That was her first? Yeah. Okay. She's Sherry Christian, combined from Steve Perry's Oh Sherry and Night Ranger's Sister Christian. How quaint. Diego Bonetta as Drew Boley. 
Russell Brand as Lonnie Barnett, Paul Giamatti as Paul Gill, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Patricia Whitmore. But based on Tipper Gore, like wanting to put the parental advisory stickers on albums, you saw the footage of steamrolling explicit albums. Yeah. Malin Ackerman as Constance Sack, Mary J. Blige as Justice, Alec Baldwin as Dennis Dupree, Tom Cruise as Stacey Jacks. When I'm done, we literally need to burn this place to the ground. Otherwise, the fire phoenix gets trapped. Brian Cranston as Mayor Mike Whitmore and Will Forte as Mitch Miley, who's a, a news... He's a reporter for yeah. Channel 6. There you go. Additionally, Kevin Nash and Jeff Chase are Stacey Jackson's bodyguards. Constantine Maroulis is somewhere in there as a Capitol Records executive. You remember him from American Idol. He played Drew on the off-Broadway version. Okay, makes which sense. Which is why he's in it. Several musicians also make cameo appearances. We have Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon, Sebastian Bach of Skid Row, Debbie Gibson somewhere in there. I didn't see her. The guy from Night Rangers in there. And then Eli Roth is directing the Zigaiz music video. And TJ Miller is a receptionist at Rolling Stone. So with that said, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Dana, how about you go first? Tom Cruise. Yeah. For 100% Tom Cruise. Now. You believe his acting and you think his character motivations are both good. Yeah. I think the dedication he put into the role is great. And I think he just blows it out of the park and makes the movie even better than it is. I agree. If if it wasn't for Tom Cruise in this movie, what would they have? Imagine just some other guy playing Tom Cruise's role. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it at like all. Like Jason Bateman or I, I, this is the first person I thought of or... Just literally any actor in 2012 that was. So Tom Cruise was in his weird phase where like he did this, he did Tropic Thunder. Yeah. It was, you know. So for mine, it's Lonnie. Rock and roll is the only freedom we have. Stacey Jacks is gone. Rock and roll forever. He has great comedic timing. He's the most believable character in this movie. Yeah. Because like Alec Baldwin, again, he didn't want to be in this movie after he signed on, but he's awkward and weird. Baldwin and then, committed to it though, man. Yeah. In the movie he, he did, did but I, I just think Russell, he he looks the part. He's funny. He just like, he's like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm, I, I embrace it. His character designs very well, like how they have him styled and stuff. It's I feel that's how he is the, in real life yeah. anyways. Yeah. yeah, he was just appropriately cast. For me, it's Giamatti. I mean, Giamatti just knows how to play these these characters. He's such a great character actor. Actually, I told him the gig was last night, so technically he's a day late. Don't tell him. Because I can remember watching him in private parts playing the role of Kenny yeah. and Gay Pig Vomit. Yeah. So he just plays that perfect if you need to be prick or somebody who's just your friend the next second. He's very yeah. bipolar. I feel like he's in another movie where he's the same kind of actor. Every like movie. The real, yeah, every movie like, he's in, he just... Jimati, the producer. Yeah. yeah. Asshole, like, roll and wants to just... Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. All right. With that said, let's move on to best scenes and let's see what made a splash. Now, I will go first. I will say all of the plot lines in this movie are borrowed or recycled. So, fresh off the bus girl wants to make it big in L.A. A talented musician has to sell out in order to make it. A love story that ends in heartbreak. But the best plot line for me... It's sort of like Empire Records, where they had to save the store. In Rock of Ages, it's that the club needs save, which leads me to my first favorite scene. Lonnie revealing revealing that he loves Dennis. I just feel like I've let everyone down. 
Nordafrika. It is such a good scene. It's Dennis owns this club, but Lonnie is there for everything. He seems to be the right hand man. I don't know what his actual title is, but they seem inseparable. So when they are kind of realizing that they're going to lose this club, that it's going to close, Lonnie just like goes for it and finally reveals, I can't fight this feeling any longer. <laughs> so in the beginning though, near the beginning, cause I've never seen this before. This is my first time seeing it. There's a kind of a throwaway scene yeah. where they're singing. They get real close and there's that yeah. you know, awkwardness. Yeah, so it, it kind of implied that there's yeah, some feelings Yeah, they do there. foreshadow a bit, but Dennis reciprocates and he says, yeah, I, I love you too. And Lonnie's like, wait, are you serious? You're not messing with me. And I just, I, I, it's funny. There's so much comedy in the scene too, because they show them, you know, they show like their, their future together, riding on a carousel and playing putt putt. It's very over the top. It's very over the top. And it's, do you think it's that's good. future and not like past things that they've done together as friends? Cause I no. think, interesting. That's I interesting think it's stuff they've already it. done as friends. You think they played putt putt like yeah. that? Oh yeah. Okay. First of all, Kevin and I have Play putt putt. I've never come up behind Kevin never and showed him how to by putt. Maybe <laughs> Russell Brand's character doesn't know how to putt the ball properly, and he's just showing him as a good friend. Uh, all right. Wow. Okay. You're yeah. stretching there. What is in that cola you're drinking? <laughs> is that whiskey or 150 year old? It's 150 year old scotch. pirate scotch. Yep. All right, Dane. What's yours? I don't really have like a number one favorite scene but i think one of the best scenes in the movie is when julianne huff becomes a full-blown stripper yep, yeah um in the strip club with the any way you want it there's only one place you're gonna get respect in this joint you got to take that stage over there that stage is a pedestal and when you're up there you're untouchable and when you're up there you can have it any way you want it that's the way you need Yeah, playing in they, the background. they keep showing that as a waitress, she is only capable of making four dollars. Yeah, four to five dollars in tips. <laughs> yeah, the strippers are making twenties, and she's making singles. Yeah, so, so she realizes she w- seemed to be doing fine at the Bourbon Room as a waitress. Yeah, yeah. Which she place, wasn't getting her ass grabbed randomly. A place like Bourbon Room wouldn't really need a waitress. Not at all. It's standing room only. There's not tables and food. What's a waitress do at Bourbon Room? But she seems to be doing just fine. Yeah, damn fine. But then she goes and be and becomes a waitress at uh, what is it called? Venus Venus Room Venus, Venus Club. Club Venus Club Venus Club. And somehow she can only make four dollars, which is weird. But it seems to be okay that anybody can just randomly grab her ass. It, it, I'm telling you, like you see, you go to a titty bar and they have those little signs and they say like 25 cent wings, $1 steak, two for one dances, $300 champagne room, complimentary ass grab of waitress. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it says. Now, if you do that in real life, you're going to get thrown right out of the fucking place. Oh, yeah. You can't Which just be They handsy. do throw that one guy out. Exactly. But we don't know what he did because everybody else grabs their ass. They don't get kicked out. So who you knows You just what he don't did. pay attention. What did That's he do? Venus's or Mary J. Blige. It's her ex-boyfriend. How did you deduce that? They don't even she mention says, that. that's just my ex. Okay, hold up. Don't swear him. That's just my ex, Donnie. Oh. Watch the movie again and Dana was, I don't I am good. I don't really need to watch it again. Because if I hear Julianne Huff sing one more time, I might throw my head through a fucking window. <laughs> she she you know what? I give her a lot of credit. 
She really got into this role. You know, she's a dancer. Remember, she has some albums out there. She has, well, a lot of people have albums too. Doesn't mean they're great. And we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> they're number they three. Yes, they are. But you know what? I must say, nice ass. Great ass. However, the only scene that I really liked is the scene where Tom Cruise and Malin Ackerman, after their <laughs> interview, he decides, hey, why not? Let's just start singing Foreigner. I'll sing it into your vagina and your asshole. You return singing into my cock and my asshole. I want to know what love is. Love that you feel inside. I want you to show me. I'm feeling so much love. I've never seen a body used as a microphone before. It's amazing. He bends her over a pool table. He puts his nose one inch from her, her BH. Yeah. And he just belts out some foreigner. Like, do you want to know? What, I guess you, if you, it blows my mind. I can't even talk right. That I want to know what love is was never conceived to be a song that you would sing into another person's body part. But that scene is just so ludicrously ridiculous. I love it. My next favorite scene is their first date. What about your folks? What did they think of the big move? Um, not a, not a whole lot, really. I was raised by my grandma. Yeah, she, by the way was all for me getting out of Oklahoma. Really? Mm. Yeah, she said to me, honey, there ain't nothing for you here. And the last thing that I want you to do is wind up stuck here like me. So Drew and Sherry go on a date to the Hollywood sign. Which is easily accessible. Yeah, they go to the Hollywood sign. He tells her he wants to be a rock star. He plays her some of his, his future hit song, don't Stop Believing, not by Journey, no, by Wolfgang did. von Cole. He wrote it. We've been duped. And he has a fantasy, which apparently we watched the extended version of this movie, not the theatrical cut. I was extended after this scene, though. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> I guess this was not included in the theatrical scene. <sighs> he has a fantasy about her. What would you call this? A nightgown that she's wearing? It's, it's a more nighty. lingerie. Yeah. Not and a teddy. She it's does like, like a uh, a little dance number for him. Almost like Tawny Katane on the yeah. car hood. Yeah. But he used the car hood. Yeah, he sits here and fantasizes about all of it. And uh, yeah, I like I like the fact that they went on a date to the Hollywood sign. And they went to the record store where every single record is 944. Yeah. Which is weird how they, what did they say? It was like each disc. Yeah. 944 per disc. Yeah, which is really weird how you would word it. Dane, did you have any more scenes you wanted to mention? Um, I really like the, the entire movie. <laughs> I like it, love it all. Any of the performances by Stacy Jack. So by Tom Cruise, yeah. I think he he just you Some know does super great. good. So he does when what? he does his cowboy scene. You kind of just see like that's what he is, and then the pour some sugar on me. The song's very good, so it's just good all I, around. I like when he realizes that he loves Constance and he wants to go to his own gig, which he didn't know about. But the uh, Rolling Stone receptionist tells him. Constance is at the Stacy Jack show. He walks through the front door. Now he's the biggest star in the world. Walks right in. He walks through the front door to get to her. And all these girls are throwing themselves. And this one just is like kissing him and kissing him and kissing him. And he has to hold up his finger to like 
tell Constance one second. He's only being proper, though. I think that's only right. Yeah, but she she thinks he's coming to take it out on her for the Rolling Stone article when in actuality, he wants to tell her he loves her. Okay, so my last scene is where Stacy shows up being Stacy in Paul's office. You still are number one. Let's toast to that. I'm telling you, I'm going to get that reporter fired. So please don't dump that on my head. I would never do that. Hundred fifty-year-old scotch. It's priceless. Kinds of spill the beans about the Rolling Stone article. How it kind of threw him under the bus. Paul is finally to the point where he can't sugarcoat it anymore. I believe he said maybe some of the falses were more truths or something like that. Something in that vein. Yeah. So right there, he's talking about how he took the money from the bourbon room. Yes. Stacy thought he was giving him the money yeah. to save the club because he loves that club. And, you know, he the fire Phoenix. Kept, yes. He kept the money for himself and Stacy didn't see any of it. So exactly. that was where it was all false. And, and Stacy proceeds to take the 150 year old scotch that Paul presented to him. And while drinking it. Paul does not realize his dick's out and proceeds to just piss on him. It's good. It's a monster piss. Yeah. I mean, it's a oof. Now this leads me to a logic thing that bothers me. And I asked it about six times while we watched this is Hey Man CGI. So Tom Cruise has a monkey and it's not like a chimpanzee. It's not like a Michael Jackson bubbles. It's not like a little howler monkey. It's not like the one on friends. It's like, uh, it's like one of them sharp teeth, like long face monkeys. I don't the know. Ebola monkeys. Yeah, sort of. Its name is Hey Man which they get a few gags, a few too many gags out of. And Heyman's throwing all the stuff, but there's scenes, if Heyman is not CGI, he's a good actor. He See, might have been the best performance in this I don't, movie. It didn't look CG to me. It looked like real monkey. I don't like think he monkey. did either. I think well, he was a real shit, monkey, monkey with get, a handler there. A monkey should get an Oscar. Should. They didn't have to pay that monkey shit except for like three bananas. Okay, well, around here, there's no monkeys in the pool. And for the next uh, 15 minutes or so, no one can be in the pool. Because it's pool check time. Pool check! All right, before we get to the pool check, uh, my wife, Dana, who joins us on the podcast, she just bought me a cool Royal Rumble t-shirt from Homage. I'm not trying to give them a shout out, but they did happen to send me a pack of 1990 nice collector's choice upper deck baseball cards. Oh God, Griffey might be in there. So it's a sealed pack. I'm going to open it on the air. Right. Now, let me tell you, it says a minimum of one 3D team logo hologram per pack. You, any guesses on who, which team we're going to get? The Yankees. Ugh. Mariners. I'm going to say Brewers. Okay. Yeah, Robin Yount. 15 baseball cards per pack. Counterfeit proof cards. That's good to know. Random sequencing. Tamper proof pack. Very nice. And this is what I'm excited about. We have an opportunity to win four season tickets to a stadium of your choice in 1991. Perfect. So go to Montreal. I want to know if I win. Are they going to like... Send me an address where the time machine is or possible. How are we going to get these? Stacy Jacks will show up and you deliver to tickets. It truly is tamper proof pack. Ooh, ASMR foil. All right. First off, they're all upside down and backwards. They put it in late. They're not in order. No. Steve Searcy from the Detroit Tigers. All right. Data's favorite. Jesse Orozco from the Cleveland Indians. Hell yeah. Orozconator. Terry Kennedy from the Giants. All right, TK. Ken Hill from the Cardinals. Almost Ken Griffey. Carlos Quintana. 
from Boston. Almost Carlos Baerga. Man, I'm disappointed so far. You're hitting a, you're hitting a shit on this Terry one. Mulholland okay, from I've the Phillies. Heard of Terry Mulholland, good right-hander. Carney Lansford. I've heard of Carney Lansford <laughs> from the A's. It was the Bash Brother days. We got... He should be in the Hall of Fame, but they will not put him in. I don't know why. Maybe it was the, the woman beating stuff. Cleveland Indian, but at this time, Mariner, Omar Vizquel. That is my uh, favorite player ever. There we go. We got, okay, here's our little hologram card. Oh. And I think it's no one. Oh, it is the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, it's a Baltimore Orioles logo. Very nice. Okay. Remember when holograms used to be the thing? Yes. Walt Terrell from the New York Yankees. Sorry, Walt. Jim Abbott, hell yeah! Hey, one hand. He had one hand, and, and he threw a no hitter. How did he play baseball? He would throw the ball. He would hurry up and switch the glove onto his other hand. And he threw a no hitter for the New York Yankees. Insane! With one hand. It was if you watched it, it was unbelievable. He's a Damn. inspirational guy. Mm-hmm. Keith Miller from the Mets. Bill Schroeder from the Angels. Fuck yeah, Bo Jackson, Kansas City. Oh yeah, now we're talking. We mentioned Bo. Awesome. I th- didn't he play football too? Yeah, he did. best okay. two sports athlete next to Dion. A rookie checklist. We need that. Dan Gladden from the uh, Twins. We end with Dan Gladden, so but we got we Bo. We got Bo Jackson. Got Viskel. Kansas City Royals. I'm going to leave these here in the studio for us to look at. Yes. Because they're such prize winners. That Bo Jackson is awesome. All right. <laughs> since Dana got you a Royal Rumble shirt, before we jump into the pool check, mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble is next week. What are your Royal Rumble picks? Who's winning the Royal Rumble man? Who's winning the Royal Rumble woman? Dana. I don't even know who wrestles anymore. So <laughs> I'm just going to say Hogan and Zeus. Shawn Michaels is going to come out of sure. retirement. His eyes are going to go normal. And he's going to win. And the girls, I have no idea. Anyone, maybe my Bella twins will come back. And both of them. After won. having their babies. Oh, God help us all. And that you know would what? Be That's great. not out of the realm of possibility anymore. Yeah. I will take that. Kevin, your picks. Charlotte is going to win the Women's Rumble. Now, I haven't watched. I, I told Jim I watched Raw this week for the first time in months and months. It's just horrible. Hoping to get caught up. It is the worst stretch of wrestling. And it's three hours. In my lifetime. It's so bad. Charlotte Flair is going to win the Women's. She's, and her dad's going to win the men. She's feuding with her dad. Because her dad is dipping another girl. I see. Evans. For the men, I don't know. I, I like I, I, I have three possibilities. For okay, the who's your possibility? The Miz. That'd be cool, but he has the money in the bank, so he doesn't need it. I said for women, I think it's going to be Charlotte, no doubt. For men, I had three. I said Edge, no. Big E, no, or Daniel Bryan. Daniel yeah. Bryan would be my favorite because I think this would it. be his send off. Yeah, because he never won it. And that's like the last thing on his checklist that he hasn't done. Big E would be great. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I seriously don't know. By it's going to be th- a great rumble. By the time Sunday comes around, I will decide. I'll yes. do some research. So with that said, let's move on from the upper deck baseball cards. And let's get to our pool check topic for this week, which we teased a little bit earlier. The best musical performances by non-musicians. So actors playing musicians. Or actors, athletes, or celebrities releasing albums. Really just anyone not known for being a musician doing something musical. And Jim, we should get this out of the way now. Everyone knows from our Buckaroo Bonsai episode that your number one is going to be Peter Weller. Not a chance in hell. That was the fucking worst performance ever. It's really bad. Horrible. He's supposed to be the biggest musician in the world, and somehow he can't carry a tune. So who wants to... Take a shot and go first. Um, I can start it off with my number five, which is 
from a great movie on Wednesdays. They wear pink. So Jingle Bell Rock by the Mean Girls. Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Lindsay Lohan, okay. Rachel McAdams. I saw it when it first came out. Lacey Chabert. Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. You know, Amanda Seyfried or however Seyfried. you say her name. Seyfried, yeah. Yep. They it's do great. Jingle Bell Rock at the uh, school. And it makes it even better with Regina's mom doing the dance along with them. Yeah. Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. So I kind of went deep with mine because oddly enough, I was having trouble with this. However, I went to the well. My number five is Leonard Nimoy doing highly illogical. Wow. It's the guy who played Spock. So in the 70s, just like Shatner, they put out like basically spoken word albums. Sometimes they try to sing. This one, he plays half Spock, half Leonard Nimoy in this song that is the weirdest song. There's weirder. But for me, this is weird. But it's Spock and Leonard Nimoy doing a song called Highly Illogical. Yep. My number five, I have a twofer because I didn't want to bump one or the you other. You fucking cheat. I do. It's my. Yeah. It's our podcast. I can cheat. Mm-hmm. So it's Macho Man Be a Man rap album. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulkster, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. Ah, uh, Which yes. is so well produced. It's great. But also, the it's a diss album towards Hulk Hogan. So I also picked Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band, which has When Hulkster Gets to Heaven, Beach Patrol, and my favorite, Hulkster's in the House, which sounds like a beat-down hardcore song. When the going gets tough, the tough get rough. (laughs) So it's my number five, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, both released albums somehow. That's crazy. All right, Dana, let's move on to your number four. So number four is sung at the... Catalina wine mixer. Oh, yes. And it's Boats and Hoes. Well, they did the, uh, the opera at the Catalina wine. Oh, well, I like yeah. that either one. And either then Boats one. and Hoes is the music video, which is legendary. It's so good. It's the best. Thinking Boats and Hoes. Maybe boats one day you guys will be singing Boats and Hoes oh, on, on your own lane. boat. That'd be great. Oh, In I our driveway, wait. like Lethal Weapon. Yeah, exactly. My number four is from a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while, and I can't find it anywhere. It was on streaming. Now it's not again. It's from Dragnet. It's Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks did a music video and a song called City of Crime. Wow. I didn't know this. Which is weird because it Tom Hanks raps wow. in this song. And Dan Aykroyd just says, you know, my name is Friday. I carry a badge. You know, he just that the whole time, and he tries to rap like that. But Tom Hanks fucking, anything you say will be used against you in a court of law. That type of wow. rapping. But it's fucking mind-blowing. But it's from a 1987 movie, Dragnet. So check it out. My number four. My number four, not rap. But it, it was an instance where they plucked the actor from the movie and had him do a song on the soundtrack. Patrick Swayze, she's like the wind. Ah, uh, your wedding. Perfect. Your guys' <laughs> wedding. Hell yeah. yeah I, only, as far to my knowledge, the only thing that Patrick Swayze ever released. And it was great. It's one of the best. It's perfect. Actor singing performances, in my opinion. I would love to have heard the story about how they introduced him into this idea. And why... It was good, so why did it? Why did he not do any more songs? Why did it fail? You know what? Maybe he got to that point where he says he doesn't get any better than this. He yeah, wanted this to get is, out while the going was good. This is the best. Can't blame him. One hit wonder. So my number three is 
Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman because okay. I think it's pretty legendary and never saw it. He just so good and you can listen to it whether you're just watching a movie or even just hanging out Jackman Jackman like he does a lot of mu- does musicals and stuff like this there's nothing that dude can't do. exactly nothing that he cannot do he is just fantastic he's a great singer that performance is awesome that's the best song from that that movie mm-hmm. I definitely would agree with you all right so my number three is a deep cut Arsidio Hall did a character called Chunky A. Okay. And he did a music video with Cameo where they kind of made it sounded like, you know, oh, pretty lady. Yeah. You know, it sounded like, uh, what's the word, word up? But he does a song as Chunky A called Ow. So he basically ripped off Cameo doing Ow. All right. He did Ow. And this video was on one of my favorite MTV shows. They only did it a couple times. They did a show called The 25 Lame Videos of All Time. Like Dennis Leary was on it. Janine Garofalo was on it. Chris Kattan. This is like their number three. Or like worst video of all time. Very lame. It's a fucking horrible song. It's a definite rip off of Cameo. But Arsenio Hall is chunky A doing ow. Now, my number three might be a stretch as far as whether it's allowed or not. And now I already broke the rules. I picked two for my number five. What does it fucking matter? My Go number three. It. So a member of the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that wasn't Brittany, Justin, Christina. Who else was on that the- show? I like don't know. everybody. Ryan yeah. Gosling. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, obviously a great actor, released an album as Dead Man's Bones. It is amazing. It's such a good album. They, you know, him and his his music partner, they got a bunch of kids to do a choir. And all the songs are spooky. There's like, uh, My Body's a Zombie for You and uh, Lose Your Soul. It's just a bunch of like spooky songs. I really love it a lot. Gets a lot more play at Halloween, but I like it year round. So that's my number three. Okay. Dane? Number two is some of our favorite best friends, Lloyd Christmas and Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that's right. Singing the Mockingbird song. <laughs> Mock. Sing. Sing. Yeah. yeah. Bird yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. It's a great one. Amazing and one that I missed. I definitely didn't I totally forgot about list. that. It is amazing. That's one of the best scenes of that movie, which is, is oh, absolutely. crazy because that movie is just a greatest hits. It's Realize. like, oh, it's like that one movie, liner after one liner. That it's movie one of is the almost best movies. 30 years yeah. old. That, I saw that. Now, I didn't go to the movies a lot with my mom. It was usually my dad. So I remember my dad taking me to see Wayne's World 2. I remember my dad Hell taking yeah, me Wayne's to see stock. Masters of the Universe we saw in theaters. Nice. But I think the one time I remember going to the movies with my mom when I was young, we saw Dumb and Dumber and it almost killed her. She was eating popcorn during the scene where he has the explosive diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And she started laughing so much while she's eating popcorn. I thought she was going to choke to death. So good. In the theater. Such a good movie. Yeah. Oh, love it. Well, my number two is Axel Foley himself, Eddie Murphy, but not the song you expect. It's his duet with Michael Jackson. What's up with you? What's up? What's up wow. with you? That song is fucking horrendous. It's not. My girl wants to that party song, all the time. Party that song time. is so good, though. It's him and Rick James. It's yeah. fucking awesome. It's a great song. And when you're a kid and you find out that he actually sang it to that song, your yeah. mind's blown. When you find out in 93, and he's back at it again, everybody. Lies up. And you watch the music it's video. It's bad. It's like fantasy within Michael Jackson's dream. It's so fucking crazy. But yeah, I had to put that at my numero dos. My number two, hopefully it's not your number one, Jim, is... They call me the mayor. 
Cause I spend all my days here about this You would too Coco Pete If you knew what I know Pina Colada Berg it's Coconut Pete, played by Bill Paxton in the movie Club Dread. I forgot. Which is a, just a Jimmy Buffett knockoff. Totally Jimmy Buffett ripoff. Suck straight from the coconuts, teat. Yeah. See shanties and wet panties. Yes. Yep. They actually had co- album cover art made. I for wish that I movie. had it. I wish I, I wish did I had too. like an album that I could frame. Oh, that that's gonna have to be a movie we do in a future season. I Club love Dread. that movie. I saw it twice in theaters because I loved it. I too went much. and saw. I love that movie so good because they put it in the theater at regal yep. it's down the hallway yep. to the left and it's the smallest theater yep. loved it saw it there twice yes number one day so my number one number one oh <laughs> okay so my number one is from our favorite actor in this movie it's tom cruise middle two thetan and he is singing bring back that love and feeling in uh, Top Gun. Uh, you've lost that you've lost feeling. feeling. Whatever. It's my favorite movie. He's, singing, he's singing to Kelly McGillis in the bar. In the bar, oh. being all cocky, and it's just great. And then the rest of the Navy guys join, join in. in. It's oh. one of the best scenes ever. And then fucking Sundown comes out yeah. of nowhere. Baby, baby. Get the fuck out of here, Sundown. Nobody likes you, Sundown. Sundown was the biggest fucking leech in Yeah, that Maverick movie. and Goose have obviously done this before. Many a time. Get a microphone. They sing to that. Striking handsome woman Kelly McGillis, <laughs> right? Not handsome, right? Fuck, <laughs> very handsome. Meg Ryan was in that movie as yeah. Goose's wife, yeah. for God's sake. But no, that when Dana was like, "What about this scene?" I was like, "Oh my God, I didn't think about that." I, I and it's didn't even think about my favorite. It. So uh, good. such a good one. It's so good. It's a target rich environment. So my number one, number one. Is Bruce Willis doing his cover a secret agent man? Oh. Because Bruce Willis came out. He, he was this music ego known as Bruno. That was his thing. He was Bruno. So his first song was Respect Yourself, and it charted pretty well. But I wanted to go deep with this, so I went uh. to the catalog. He did a cover. There's a live version of this. Uh. He did Secret Agent Man. John McClane, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, did Secret Agent Man. Unbelievable. Had to have been my number one. I'm shocked that you didn't go The Wonders, that thing you do. That's on my honorable mentions because I've done The Wonders before on previous lists. Okay. My number one. Number one. Is my favorite movie of all time. It's Oscar Isaac in Inside Lewin Davis. He plays a folk singer. Oscar Isaac is... Oh, Dameron. The most talented person. Like, he was... He used to play bass in a ska band. He's an incredible actor, and when you see him play guitar and sing in Inside Lewin Davis, especially the he does fairly well in the opening scene of that movie, is just like flat out incredible. Such a talented guy, and that's my number one. With that said, let me get into some of my honorable mentions. Now, one I didn't pick because I talked about it a little bit last week. Little Shop of Horrors, Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. yep, does a lot of good Super stuff. Good. Uh, Eddie Murphy party all the time. Jim, you don't like Don Johnson's heartbeat? Uh, how did I forget? Dude, I am embarrassed looking the fact for that a, I forgot this shit. Looking for a heartbeat. Bradley Cooper, Stars Born. That's on my list. Michael Sarah and Superbad singing the Guess Who. Ugh. These Eyes. Brie Larson and Scott Pilgrim. Ben Affleck and Armageddon leaving on a jet plane when they Great. all sing it. They all sing it. See, I didn't think this specific. Yeah. Ugh. No, we thought of a ton I will go back to your Inside Lewin Davis where Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver sing a nice yeah. song together. And that Adam is Driver great. is Al Cody. Yep. And, and he just basically does singer. bass sound effects. Mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake Take sings it. that one too, but he's That's a singer. 
Yeah, it doesn't count. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence did a song for the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. which charted. Piper Parabo and Coyote Ugly, Can't Fight the Moonlight. Kristen Bell is in Frozen and Frozen 2, animated mm-hmm. character. I would say she outsings Idina Menzel, mm-hmm. who is... Or what did uh, John Travolta call her? Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Travolta could be on this list in I very true. I think Travolta should be on the list, but I feel like he's a singer, so that's why he can't Joaquin make Phoenix the list. and Walk the Line, Reese Have Witherspoon him. and Walk the Line. Jim, a great one. Maybe not because the singing's great, but the performance. Heath Ledger, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, great. When he sings great. in the bleachers. That's right. One of the most memorable scenes in that movie. <sighs> Jeff Bridges won an Oscar for Crazy Heart. Mm-hmm. Taron Edgerton played Elton John in Rocket Man. He also played Elton John, boy, well, sang Elton John in Sing. In Sing as Johnny. Now, you had mentioned Will Ferrell. We had uh-huh. in Anchorman, they sing Afternoon Delight. Miles Teller plays the drums in Whiplash. Going. He doesn't even <laughs> sing, but he plays drums in Whiplash. It's a musical performance. I thought about this as if, oh, they had to have a music video no. or they performed it in no. a movie. It's just a Fuck. musical performance. Yeah. Almost Famous, they do a part where they sing Tiny Dancer on the bus, which, Jim, we're going to watch that one day we're gonna get yeah, together we're gonna watch all seen. now here's another one a guy who's just infinitely talent like talented jamie fox yes he released albums he, he mm-hmm. became ray he charles he became ray charles for a while he's in dream girls i believe yes uh, he's he also, so good he also did the amazing rap from any given sunday my name is willie beeman yep you could pick that adam sandler wedding singer which he might Kind of get counted as a singer because yeah. he did songs on his comedy albums. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, at a medium pace. <laughs> there you go. Gene Wilder putting on the Ritz in Young Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, John C. Riley walked hard. We had Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You had Jason Siegel sang some stuff. Russell Brand was Infant Sorrow. You had Renee Zellweger in Empire Records. Uh, Sugar, Sugar High. High. With Coyote Shivers. Yeah. Uh, Country Strong, which... Country Strong is a movie we watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's if that movie were released in like 1932, it would have been Best Picture, but it was released in like 2005. What, probably 2010, maybe something, something like, that. like that. But that one had Garrett Hedlund, Leighton Meester, Gwyneth Paltrow. Now and Tim McGraw. And Tim McGraw. Now, uh, you may have wanted to mention this, Jim's girl. Whoopi Joelberg. Oh, I did. I wanted to. I was gonna what? call you out Sister for Act. Oh, no, how she is in Sister Act and Sister Act Two. Uh, good old Whoopi with no eyebrows. Dolores Van Cartier. Um, Great. Whoopi 87. All right, now, before great. we get to some honorable mentions from you two, I, since I hogged the mic a bit, let me just mention some ones who got nothing left. Are, I got some. Are athletes and actors and personalities who released albums. Keanu Reeves is in a band called Dog Star. That's right. You mentioned Bruce Willis. Kevin Bacon releases albums as Bacon Brothers. Okay. William Shatner, David Hasselhoff. Oh, God, the had, Hoff. Yeah, multiple albums. Kiefer Sutherland, I know, was in a band. Yeah, Paris Hilton. Well, that's now, hot. Seth MacFarlane from so good. Family Guy mm-hmm. and stuff. He is an amazing singer. You can sing. Mm-hmm. He has some albums. Shaq has four albums. Which is great. I have that album, and I still have it because I can remember my cat puked on it, and there's puke stains on <laughs> that it. That makes sense. Yep. Kobe had a rap album. Rest Did not know that. Meta World Peace had a rap album. Chris Webber had a rap album. That third time out. Deion Sanders had Primetime, the album, which is considered one of the worst albums uh, of all time. Kevin, you better not skip over the fact that we're talking about Pumps and a Bump, the original, yeah. well, and Hammer's Banana that. Hammock. Yeah. 
So, and then the last one before Dana gets to her honorable mentions is actually pretty good. Clint Dempsey from Mm -hmm. the United States soccer team released a rap album as Deuce, which was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So I only have a few that you haven't really mentioned. So in the movie Enchanted, Amy Adams does a very good uh, singing song in that as a Disney princess. And I know you, you two fellas here are obsessed and in love with elizabeth shoe oh god and she does some babysitting blues singing how did i fucking forget about yeah, that adventures uh, yeah babysitting. and adventures in babysitting oh it's uh pretty good it's, yeah it's like the it's, it's the blues it's the but good it's the blues it's the best and uh staying alive by the replacements in that movie. In the when they get arrested. When they get arrested, they sing some movies. Oh they, I will survive. They do I will survive. Yeah. They do the electric slide. I will slide. survive, yeah. staying alive, whatever. Close enough. And then just stuff that you've mentioned. So So I basically hardly have anything because I totally I guess I didn't come to grips with the actuality of this pool scene. Still time to change your number one to Buckaroo Banzai, Peter Weller. Never touching sure. that my the wonders, obviously, because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Marky Mark and Rockstar, you can't. Yeah, but he released albums Mark before Mark is that. A singer. He wasn't really. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, it's He's a techni- Marky Mark. It's a technical. Uh, you mentioned Macho Man. I also had Macho Man, but him doing my perfect friend about Kurt Henning, mm-hmm. and then finally Gwyneth and Huey Lewis doing Cruising. That's all I could think of. All right, what's uh, good okay, enough? That Elizabeth Shoe thing really pisses me off. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, that one is great uh, because uh, we love Elizabeth Shoe. We do. Parts. We're shoe heads. Okay, hopefully she'll get back in the pool with us. Hopefully in the state she's in in Cocktail, which we covered back in what season? Season one. Season one. Refer to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. And you can hear us talk about Elizabeth Shoe's side boob yes. under a waterfall oh. with Tom Cruise. Right, right up there with T-Buzz. So hopefully she gets in the pool. But Jim, get everyone else back in the pool. Shoe in the pool! Our critical question this week for both of you, which song performance is the best in Rock of Ages? Dane. Which song performance? Yeah, which performance out of of every musical number in this movie, which is the best? Oh, I don't know. I would say probably at the end with the Don't Stop Believing just because the song's so memorable and it just kind of closes out the movie. And your boy's singing it. And my boy's singing it. Mine is I Wanna Rock. Wolfgang von Colt. Drew, what's the name of your band, mate? Wolfgang von Colt. And you're sticking with that, are you? Yeah. Please welcome to the stage the very poorly titled Wolfgang von Colt. Von Colt. It's not an improvement. Wolfgang von Colt. That was a good one. I have that that as one of my favorite scenes. That was a fucking... Angry like, one. Like his debut performance was so good. And he just, said it after thinking his girlfriend just fucked Stacey yeah. Jacks, which made it even I better. Like even the, more uh, aggressive and more rock. Yeah. I like the um, Wolfgang von Colt singing Heaven Isn't Too Far Away right after Julian Huff just sang More Than Words. It's a mashup. And then yeah. they mash There's a lot up. of mashups in mm-hmm. this movie, people. That's, that's the best because he really sells it in that one. And she had just sang More Than Words, which is like a classic song. Yeah, they just they tie it together nicely. It's one of the better mashups in the movie. The last mashup is pretty good too, where they do "We're not going to take it" and we built this. Yeah, that, that one is that one, that one is makes really sense good because you've actually got two sides. sides. 
fighting each other. Almost West Side Story-esque. Mm-hmm. All right. You were just talking about Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. So why don't you cue David McCall and we'll move on to some logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Dana, what logic do you have for this movie? What issues? Well, the biggest issue is the fact that Julianne Huff, oh, Sherry, takes back the boy after he basically calls her a whore. Yeah. I don't need you. There are hundreds of yous out there. And tonight, they were all looking at me. Biggest thing. Like, that's awful. Shit, make mistakes happen. He thinks that she slept with Stacy Jack. I mean, she came out of that, that dressing room, shirt was ripped. He's fucking holding you his dick. Have some communication. Yes. Don't just assume. But then again, he can't really stop and go after her because he's about ready to get on stage. So he had to make a quick assumption. She's a whore. It's done. You're done. We're done here. Yeah. But it's all okay after you didn't sleep with him. It's the power. Well, no, you know. Dana, it's the power of fucking song. That's what it Whatever. is. Whatever. Yeah. It's one of the biggest issues of this movie. My, I have, I have a, a, a little bit. Not too many. I have a few. First of all, how can you be a rock star? Okay, Stacey Jacks, Arsenal, which is it really an arsenal? But how can you have no original songs as a rock star? Well, are we to believe in this parallel universe yes, that, that all of these songs were not done by the original people, even though we hear the original songs played in the background? That, yes. that is, it, it is, what universe is this? That's part of a bigger problem, not even a problem. It's just this movie ignores that these songs exist in our reality. And in this movie, Drew wrote, Don't Stop Believing." Mm-hmm. And Stacy Jacks or Arsenal wrote "Want a Dead or Alive." Want a Dead or Alive, and I don't remember pour what else. Pour some sugar on yeah, me. Yeah, pour some sugar on me. A bunch of different ones. So when we hear Def Leppard playing in the background on a radio, that's not Def Leppard. We that's Stacy. We would Jacks. assume that's Stacy Jacks. Mm-hmm. So in this universe, you know, a lot of these songs are attributed just to the random bands you see playing at the Bourbon Room. But you can go buy that actual band's album at that's Tower. The thing at it Tower Records, sense. you can buy the real albums like Night Ranger. Yeah, and Def Leppard, Pyromania. Yeah, it's it's just a different universe. It is a weird like you have to got to suspend disbelief. Yeah, and and that's kind of one of my logic points. The plot has to revolve around the songs that are chosen. So when you do something like this, I think about Flight of the Concords was an HBO yeah. show. A Flight of the Concords comedy band when they were signed on to do a show on HBO, they wrote the entire first season around songs that they had already written and released. So they just plugged the songs in and wrote plots around them. Well, then in the second season, they had to write all new songs and then write episodes around those songs or write songs for the episodes. Well, in this movie, the plot can only be so many things unless they pick different songs because that like the songs are the plot. There's not a ton of exposition in this movie. Yeah. Most of it is music. So it's like they had to pick things, you know. It's hard for me to grip. Sometimes I overread things in movies where I should just fucking go with it. That's half my problem. Yeah, just shut your brain off and just enjoy yeah. it for what it is. Yeah. Dane, you got another one? So she left Oklahoma with one suitcase Oklahoma. that was full of records. Oklahoma. Where were her where were her clothes? Yeah, she brought nothing. She took a bus from Oklahoma mm-hmm. to LA with a little 70s style suitcase. Very mm-hmm. small. No. Are you okay? Shit. Did he take your money? He took my records. With nothing in it. But records. But she got she got clothes. She yeah. only also had seventeen dollars. So she had how seventeen dollars. Some records and uh, no suitcase. Afford all these clothes 
that I, she was wearing. I think she hustled Drew. But how did yeah. Drew she is buy a whore. her clothes? <laughs> we she must have been. She's a whore. <laughs> Because that's what I assume. Like, she's like, hey, Drew, I kind of need a place to live. I need a job. I need some clothes. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got a great ass. Come on. <laughs> All right. So I have one. It's 1987, right? Yeah. Where is the cocaine? Yes. Where are the drugs? There's no drugs in this movie. I want to see rails on glass desks. Yeah, this it's not like this movie is like a... a I want needles. A G-rated movie for kids. No. There no. could have been drugs. No. Especially at the scene when Drew signs his record contract, Giamatti should have done like a mountain of cocaine. There should have been rails. There should be used Here needles. At least see the cocaine. They don't have to do it. Yeah, let Put me it see it. on the table. It. Come have on. Have some drugs. Exactly. Yeah, this was a, <laughs> go to Molly Crew's house. Yes. Why would Z guys be playing at the bourbon room? <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, like... Hey, Josh and Z, if all these people want refunds, my club is closed. I think he just did that because it was an easy in for him. But no, to make it a wasn't. Show. He just screwed them over. Out I mean, I do. Yeah, I agree. Because that's also a problem I have is why did Alec Baldwin let him come back? Yeah. Like. He calls Alec, he he ran off with, with money from Alec Baldwin that they thought they were going to have the money to save the tax debt. Oh. You told me this was a freebie. Stacy Jacks does not take a dump for free. He screws him over, mm -hmm. and then he calls him, and he's like, hey. Who's playing? Stacy Jacks. His first solo gig, and I've got a new act that you are going to love, and this time every cent goes to the house. Every cent? Every last penny. Brother, of which there will be millions. Do we trust him? Okay, deal. I got some for you. They're like, well, why should we listen to you? And he's like, because I got Stacey Jackson's first solo show, which is like a week after pretty much the yeah, this last whole Arsenal movie show. Doesn't make sense because it takes place in like three days. You think, but yeah, but it's like months. The Bourbon Room is a heavy metal. It's the whiskey. Even if he thinks, if Paul Giamatti, the manager of Stacey Jackson, of Drew, thinks that Rock is dead. And that this boy band thing is happening. As far as the bourbon room is concerned, heavy metal is still there. Which in 1987, the boy band thing did not kick in for another year to a year and a half. Right. Different universe. Yes. But I've been to the, the Sunset Strip. And even if there's a band playing or not, there's a crowd mm -hmm. going in. And they're usually, there's still a heavy metal crowd at the, at the yeah. whiskey, you know, at these New places. kids on a block would never play the whiskey. Exactly. It's just so strange that he would call and be like, you got to play my band. Unless he was trying to sabotage them, which I don't think he was. Yeah. Super weird. I mentioned Hey Man is a CGI. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Okay, legacy for this movie. I would say it borrows its legacy. Yeah. This movie rides on the back of the legacy of these songs, which are obviously timeless. This movie, I, I don't know if they're still touring or, or producing live. Big shout out to Quarter Flash, by the way. Yes, harden my heart. But yeah, so the legacy of this movie is they stole their legacy from the songs. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that Tom Cruise does a good role, has a good role in it. And he helps the movie because he's Tom Cruise. Like people will see things just because it has Tom Cruise in it. Yeah. Tom Cruise hasn't really made too many stinkers. Mm -hmm. You know, I he's everything he's ever done. My gripe about Tom Cruise, who we do love on this podcast and Dana loves very much. He kind of returns to the well too many times because he's making 
Is he making Mission Impossible seven? He's doing seven right now because he just then, did that. COVID. And then Maverick will be coming. Yeah, he's out doing soon. Top Gun Maverick, and uh, there's something else I think he's doing that's like another sequel. It's just he returns to the well too and many times. And he doesn't age either. No, he looks great. He probably looks better now than he did yeah. when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. No, I give me Tom Cruise in the '80s, just back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. So good. With, yes. um, you know, Days of Thunder, Top Gun. Color of Money. Cocktail. Color of Money, Cocktail. Jeez, yeah. just home run. All right, let's get into some plugs. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. Last week on our Deep End season finale, I said that I had heard that the Karate Kid remake from 2010 is good. It's not? I had to see it for myself. Oh, you watched it? It's not. Oh. There are some redeemable qualities, but it is closer to a remake than I thought. Okay. Now, Still no Miyagi, though, right? Right. Jackie Chan is Mr. Han. And he's one of the bright spots. So Jackie Chan is a janitor of this building, like a maintenance man. But he had killed his wife and child in a car accident. Ooh. On accident. Okay. And he has survivor's guilt. So every year, he spends a year restoring this vehicle. And then on the anniversary of the death, he beats the shit out of the car. And then he spends the entire next what year is fixing it. What is a Street it. Fighter special stage? Exactly. Pretty much. So... The worst part of the movie is the tournament itself. Now, it's obvious that the the characters in the tournament, they're on wires. Really? Yeah. It's very crouching tiger. It's a lot of like goofy, flying, spinning kicks. Awful. And stuff where they float in the air too long. And the ending is just insane. It's so Dre, who is Jaden Smith, is the Daniel LaRusso equivalent. And he gets person up. purposely injured by the Chinese version of Cobra Kai. And at the end of the movie, so he does like this modern version of the crane kick, like this crane technique. And he puts the one leg in the air and you think he's going to do a new version of the crane kick, maybe like a roundhouse crane kick. He's got the one leg up. When the kid charges him, he does a fucking 10 foot backflip into the air and Pele kicks him. Like a full backflip. Yeah. Kicks the kid and lands on his feet, and he backflips ten feet in the air. Stupid! It's so dumb. It's like that's kind of a bummer. And the way it's shot is like it's like MTV style, but it's so frantic and like it's like cut, 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 move, move. Everything's it's moving and shaking. It's like a seizure inducing. Yeah, that's. Uh, I kind of wanted to see that too, just to see if it was shitty or not. It's save me time uh, again. The story is kind of you know they move from Detroit. He gets a. Like, not even a crush on a girl, but he, like, talks to a girl. And this kid from the Chinese version of Cobra Kai sees him talk to this girl, decides he's going to make his life hell, meets Mr. Han, the maintenance man, who starts training him. But it's kind of the same thing. Like, he's going to join them, but then Han reluctantly trains him. 
And then they, yeah, it's the same idea basically, but the the CGI on wires at the end just ruined Kills the it. whole thing. It just, it's so dumb. It's another movie they probably shouldn't have done. No, they should not have because it could have been okay. Maybe but, if you don't name it the Karate Kid. Yeah, name it the Kung Fu Kid. Um, there was another thing I told you about real briefly before we started. Now that's what I call music release, their dad songs album. Great. So I was thinking that on one of these future pool checks that we would have to pick our top five dad songs. I don't know what a dad song Neither is. Neither do I, but if you read this list, you're like Avril Lavigne. is a, We're not gonna take it. They have Avril Lavigne's like Skater Boy's a dad song. Why? I have no fucking idea. I don't know who the hell thought of this list to compile onto an album. But I would say dad songs are classic rock. That's yeah, it would have to be. Whites. It was everything in this movie we just watched would be a dad song. Pretty much. By far. Even Quarter Flesh. Okay, so thank you, Dana, for joining us this week. Thank you, Dana. Podcast debut. Yep. And uh, yeah, I I had fun. I was I thought it was fun for Jim to watch this movie. Just a two hour jukebox party. Just when I Great. thought that movie was going to end, though, I'm like, the fucking thing is still go. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a long, long. one. Right. It's, it's a marathon. Yeah, and good thing I bought us tickets to see it live. Yes, the live Arsenal. Show. I would actually like to see the live show because again, the the creator of it was angry that they made the movie too campy. So I almost think of the stage campy show is an understatement. Like, very serious, like, you know, very emotional, but the songs are supposed to mean it. And I feel like the movie is kind of like the songs are funny and the songs are, yeah. you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But uh, yeah, we will be back next week with a an exciting episode. I don't know what, but we will decide and yes. we'll have an exciting episode. And we'll let you guys know. Welcome to season four, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to season four. So until next week. Bo Jackson. Oh, you threw me off, you son of a bitch. Silencia! You don't know Bo. Yes.